0: welcome back to Bike Race Weekly. I'm your host, Ryan, and we got our other host right here. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Rick. So this week, we're going to have a little bit of a special episode. So we are from the Madison area, Sun Prairie, just outside of Madison. Yep. And this last week, we had an event here, the CrossFit Games. And it was the, essentially, the World Championship
1: of CrossFit, if I understand this correctly.
0: Yeah, so... Okay. This is coming from...
1: Somebody that's not really in the CrossFit loop, but I'm learning more about it now.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, Rick, Rick and I both kind of looked into it. I've, I've seen all the documentaries on I, – I really dove into it. I'm not going to lie. I really dove into it. I dipped my toes a little bit. I'm learning – you're kind of my reference at this point yeah, to so, the CrossFit scene. I mean, going into – like kind of looking into what CrossFit is, I had every kind of stereotypical thought about CrossFitters, you know? Like, they kind of claim that they're way fitter than everyone. They they don't do lifting properly. Like,
1: there's a lot of a lot of preconceived notions. And before everybody like, there's a stereotype. Yeah, stereotype. Before everybody turns off the podcast. Reason, Hear us out. Hear us out. The reason why we're talking about the CrossFit Games is because there was a bike race in the CrossFit Games as one of their events stages was, this
0: year. It was the first race. It, it was, was a, the first event. It was the first event. First okay. event.
1: So like, and it was, it was, so it was actually a crit. So they raced yeah, a crit. Yeah. They took people that look like they are uh, hitting, a, hitting the gym like five days a week. Like, they look like Hulk. They look, they're super buff, right? And they put them all on bikes and they made them race a crit, which is really interesting to me.
0: And some of you like, might know, too, last year they did a cycle cross race. Which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Like, being that it's CrossFit. Yeah. I mean, cycle cross, you know, you, you they, they always have some sort of aerobic event. And with Trek literally just a 20, 30-minute drive away, you know, Trek probably wanted to get in on this. So they had they had them set up with cyclocross and crit, and they donated the bikes and stuff. Uh, it's took I mean, how many people watch CrossFit games? Probably a lot. All those people are probably a lot of CrossFitters train on train on a bike. Yeah. Yep. They're, a lot of them do Iron Men, Iron Mans, Iron Iron Men. Iron, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's definitely. I mean, there's there's some kind of cross over there. There's yeah. gonna be a lot of like cross puns in this mm-hmm. podcast, by the way. Just letting everybody yeah. know. Yeah.
0: But I thought it was great that... I mean, it's a good idea. They have a a bike race that really works. You know, the aerobic system really works your legs. And then later that day, they also had uh, other, like, obstacle course and lifting events.
1: Yeah, like, they're, like... Doing all these Olympic lifts and then dragging sandbags across
0: fields, all it's, after doing a crit race—it's
1: pretty cool. So, like the, the entire claim is they're the uh, they're the fittest people on earth. Yeah, right. Well, let's get what, what's your opinion on that, Rick? Um, I don't know. It depends on how you define fittest. I guess in my opinion, I think they're the most versatile athletes on earth. I think that would be a more fitting term, because yeah, fit fit is like a very I don't know. It it could mean anything, right? somebody that wins the, the tour they're probably I can't imagine many people are let, you know more fit than that person right who just got done racing 21 days uh averaging out like 5 hours a day of racing that I can't imagine anybody's more fit than that person but if you take that person off the bike and ask them to uh you know do the bench press they probably can't even bench the bar after all that so like I think they're the most versatile athletes yeah you know they can do anything they can race a bike they can uh, do a triathlon. They can do some Olympic lifts. They can run across the field. I don't know. They can just do everything.
0: Yeah, which I think I think that's pre- what's pretty interesting is you do. You know, a lot of people think like, oh, these guys are just huge buff dudes. But during the running events, they I think they they um, like can I think in 2016 they had to do a. A mile and a half run to a 400 meter swim to a mile and a half run, and that mile and a half run they ran a 5:30 pace. That's I and mean, that's that's fast. ridiculous. That's really fast for dudes who are just jacked out of their mind. Who minds. spend most of their time weightlifting. Because I, 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 when I uh, was doing triathlons, my best like mile time was like just under six minutes. It weren't weren't you? You were. Doing track, right? I was Weren't that was you? after I did track. Oh, I didn't that was do long distance okay. track, so I was I was a 400 meter runner in track. Yeah, I don't think I ever ran over a mile in practice. Yeah, but I when I was doing triathlons, I pushed pretty hard to get better at running because mm-hmm. I was pretty weak at longer distance running, but still, I I, I could get like just under like a mile or a, a six minute mile. Yeah, so to think that they did a five and a half minute mile. Jumped in the jumped in the lake, swam four hundred meters in an open lake, and then did another like five and a half six minute mile back. Like that's that's it, It's pretty impressive. That's respectable.
1: Yeah. So I want to talk more about the bike race part okay. of the CrossFit Games because I think that was super interesting. Because last year they did a cyclocross race where they kind of put everybody like on mountain bikes and. You know, that's, it was, was kind of like, pedals. yeah, it was basically like a, a grassy time trial, right? Yeah. Because, you know, it's, it's like a cross race. It was pretty, pretty flat course too, with mm-hmm. like a couple barriers they had to get over. Yeah. But this year they put them on a crit.
0: They, they went all out. They so, got them clip in shoes, pedals, drop, bar road, drop bikes, bar road bikes, and do you think that was the right call? Uh, you
1: see, it's, I don't know. It's weird because you could tell that some of the, uh, some of the cross fitters, that they kind of knew what they were doing. So there was, like, a, a, essentially, like, a lead group, right, like a pack that was, I'd say, like, the, the people that knew kind of sort of how to bike race. They were all mm-hmm. in the group. Nobody was really attacking, it seemed like. It was yeah. just kind of like people tried to ride on the front, and everybody mm-hmm. kind of stayed together. I think there was one girl in there that they said used to race crits. Yeah. So she, it seemed like she knew what she was doing. I think she won because she was the only one that looked like she knew how to sprint on a bike. Mm-hmm. But
0: everybody else was just kind of looking like they were trying to survive. For sure. Yeah. And you gotta remember too, is this is like the first event of like 18. Right. So over 5 days. So they're definitely not gonna like you know, throw out attacks and just burn their legs up. Yeah. Like they exactly. gotta go squat that afternoon. Yeah, that's, which is crazy. And I
1: also thought it was interesting how many crashes there were. Not necessarily like surprised because as we all know, like there's just Crashes and crits, it happens. It's part, and if anyone part wants racing, to
0: go, wants to go watch it, um, <clears> right <throat> now they have the women's race out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might have; it's on YouTube. You might have to search around for it, but it's like a ten-minute video. It fast-forwards it through a few of the laps to kind of uh, get short yep. blurbs.
1: Basically, of... whoever was putting the video together just wanted to watch the crashes because yeah. they kind of fast-forwarded through everything yeah.
0: else. But it's a ten-minute video of the CrossFit crash. Uh, they haven't put out the men's video, but I did see on Snapchat or Instagram uh, little shorts of the men's men's race, and there I think there was a lot more crashes in that race. Yeah, and it was like kind of a technical course too, and yeah, the
1: corners seemed like they were almost off camber. It was in it was the Alliant the- Energy parking lot or yep.
0: whatever roads they have around the Alliance Energy area.
1: <laughs> yeah, there was some like really fast corners, and some of the girls looked like they could corner pretty well. I did see like. There was one girl on the last lap that threw an, an attack and she was trying to go for it like with one to go kind of take that flyer but it got kind of brought back together which was interesting. But yeah, there was a girl that high-sided and I think she broke her wrist. I'm I'm surprised that they put a crit in the event for the just for like the the simple fact that like, you know, there's so many crashes and I think a couple of girls like had to pull out and guys had to pull out after the after the bike race because they were just hurt you know injured
0: yeah that's something to go to say is there's quite a few crashes yeah and i mean it doesn't a lot of them didn't even phase them they just grab their bikes get back on because they they need to finish to get the points uh and then you gotta imagine then they have like road rash yeah going doing events the
1: next five days and coming from somebody that had three crashes uh in a in a week-long stage race that happened like 10 days ago you know the road rash bruises it like it's not just the road rash that hurts I mean that kind of heals up you get a scab over it in like a couple days and you're fine but just like you don't get very good sleep at night so you're yeah. not recovering
0: Recovers very well Recover is everything a yeah. kind of
1: Oh yeah, sporting because event. they're doing essentially a two a day kind of competition. There's 18 stages in five days. Five days?
0: That's nuts.
1: That's that's crazy. That's crazy. Like if you're like, it's not the fittest person that wins. It's the
0: person that can recover the best that wins these events. That's really what it is. Yeah. Um, so the guy who won it this year, Matt Fraser. He, it's his third time winning. He took second place in the cyclocross race last year, and he took I think fourth place in the crit. And uh, so, the, if you want to go watch the documentary on Netflix, they they focus on him a lot. Uh, this was during last year's games, and he actually does quite a bit of training on a bike. Mm. So you can you can tell he's comfortable on a bike. Well, and with these
1: CrossFit games, I thought really interesting is I I never really watched them before. I always thought it was like essentially like speed weightlifting, where you're just kind of doing a lot of weightlifting really fast and in like kind of short sequences but they they do way more like repetitions than i thought they actually did like these these events so like not the bike race but these like i guess you could call them stages i mean they they sometimes last like you know 5 minutes of just continuous like weightlifting of doing like whether it's like pull-ups or olympic lifts or dragging sandbags across the field so like they they're definitely like aerobic like you can't just be a really strong person you have to be able to to kind of do this over and over and over again, which was pretty interesting. It's I mean, it's almost like an endurance sport, really, more so than like a weightlifting sport, if that makes sense. But,
0: yeah, I, th- I thought it was pretty cool. So I'm just looking up uh, how many events. There was actually 14 this year. Oh, there's 14. Okay. But okay. So the crit was the first one, and then they had a total of four events that first day. So they had to do the crit. And Then the second event was how fast they could do thirty muscle ups. So it's like a pull up, except you pull yourself over the bar. So, yeah, it's very hard. And you push hard. yourself up until your your elbows are locked. And they had to do thirty of those. Mm-hmm. After that, they had to do their one mac one rep max of back squat, shoulder press, and deadlift. And then after that, get this, they had to do forty two thousand meters of rowing that's a lot they had a time cap of four hours oh. that was after a uh, a crit 30 muscle ups and doing your one rep rep max for the big three lifts so
1: you're doing well, what do you think was like the shortest time on that on oh, that row i couldn't even tell you i don't know how like f- so if the cap is four hours there's i i don't oh, i could look it up for i you. have no so i have no reference to how long it takes to row but if the cap was four hours, I can't imagine that anybody was doing it in under two hours. You know what I mean? Let's see. I want to look up where. But that's insane. I mean, that's like that's what I mean though. These it's actually like an endurance event. It's not. It's not really just like uh, like pure weightlifting. Yeah. Which is exactly what I
0: thought it always was. Let's see. But something. Um, oh, here we go. Okay, you got it. Marathon row. Marathon so. Row. Row. Let's see. Uh, okay, so first place came in at two hours forty three minutes. Oh, jeez. So, to say they, that these guys aren't like, you know, it, it, endurance a, athletes, aerobic
1: endurance athletes. Yeah, like that's
0: ridiculous. I couldn't do that. Yeah, you and, know? and even watching the crit, so
1: we would just watched the ladies' crit, I think, because we can yeah. find the guys' one on on YouTube. But they looked like they were going pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like if you if you had to guess their average speed, I mean, I can't I can't imagine that it was. M- much below, if if even below, like twenty five miles per hour. Like mm-hmm. it
0: looked like they were going pretty good. So out of uh, forty people, the guy who took first overall in the games, Matt Frazier, took eleventh in the in the uh, row. Uh-huh. The guy who took second place overall uh, took fifth. The guy who took third overall took second in that row. Okay, so so like the guys that are winning the games are, are still
1: doing really well at the endurance events. Yeah,
0: like super well. That's kind of crazy. So, and I, I honestly, I, I think if a lot of these guys, you could probably throw them at least into a cat four crit, and they probably do decent. I probably, I can't imagine
1: that they wouldn't do well. Actually,
0: yeah, I mean, yeah. they, they I mean, have to have huge, uh, like anaerobic and aerobic. Power. Like yeah. the vo2 on these guys are probably similar to world-class cyclists
1: oh i i'd imagine it has to be right so they do so this year was the crit we, we've been talking yeah. about that okay yeah. they do some kind of cycling event every single year what do you think is going to be the next cycling event or what do you think should be the next cycling event they do so i think if they do
0: a cycling event so i think there's two really good ones that they could do okay um the first one is just like a sprint triathlon. I think that would be perfect. That, that makes a to, lot of sense, right?
1: Yeah, a sprint triathlon is essentially the CrossFit of endurance sports. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but I think what would be better is a a hill climb time trial up the uh, Blue Mound Bluffs just outside okay. of Madison.
1: In the Blue Mounds Bluffs it's probably, is probably Blue Mound. Yeah, the okay. Blue, Blue Mounds areas. So that's like a. Uh, it's probably the. the biggest single elevation yeah it's the largest elevation in in the southern Wisconsin area for sure I think it's in the entire Wisconsin. Wisconsin and it's essentially so I've written up it a couple times I mean it can be anywhere between like uh if you if you kinda like string it out to the long the long climb. I think it's like a fifteen minute effort maybe. It's like a fifteen minute climb. Yeah. So you know,
0: throw a guy who weighs two hundred and twenty five pounds doing
1: right. that. And that would be cool too. You were mentioning earlier how it would be really cool if they kind of did it like, um uh, almost like what you would see on a mountain stage in the tour where they basically sell tickets. They'll, anybody can line up along the road and like, kind of like run with the person and cheer them on and stuff like that.
0: And they can I, easily sell tickets to do
1: Oh that. yeah. I think it would make for a really cool televised experience and a crowd experience as well too. Mm-hmm. Like people just kind of like going nuts as these like, yeah, like 200 and whatever pound uh, crossfitters try to make it up Blue Mountains. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'd be a really cool experience. What do you think? So I I think triathlon would be really cool. I mean they've done cyclocross. They've done I think they've even done mountain biking in the past before too. I think they have. Uh, I mean I think I don't know what's left. Gravel race. That would probably be. Race. That would
0: honestly make the most sense, I think. They could do that in the Glacial Drumlin Trail. Yeah,
1: they could do it on That'd the Glacial Drumlin cool. Trail. It's. I think the crit was like a little too dangerous for. It, people. And they could just
0: do like a twenty mile, ten
1: miles out and back. Yeah, and it's like there's enough tactics there where they yeah. they can kind of draft a little bit, but at the same time, um, it's still like.
0: Uh, I think if, they need to do something that separates. The, the people who really excel at that
1: yeah i'd agree I'd i think agree. like
0: an uphill time trial would really do that or I like think, a, a triathlon would really do that i think uphill time trial would be pretty cool mm. i think that
1: would be the the way to go yeah or triathlon too yeah yeah what about, what about like a different endurance sport
0: oh um so like, you know those uh they be, become popular those um like races that are like 400 meters but it's like up a uh, a ski oh, jump
1: yeah it's uh that would like be cool. red red bull helps yeah. a bunch of them what if they did something it's like, like an, that yeah it's like an uphill an uphill race yeah like, um, i don't know what they call it hill climb like a, a like I a heard, running yeah. hill climb
0: but that be cool i think they they may have done something like that before yeah what if they put them on roller skis I think that would be too
1: dangerous. You, dangerous? Really? Roller yeah. skis aren't that dangerous. Roller, yeah. I think it'd be hilarious. Dangerous. Yeah. Like a bunch of like really oh, yeah. big people trying to roller ski. I think that would get pretty dangerous though. So. <laughs> maybe. I could see it getting dangerous, I guess. Uh,
0: what What else would be a really good one?
1: Uh, I don't... Really good endurance sport for me to do. I don't know. Something maybe like... Well, I was going to say... Or why don't we
0: talk... What other, what other events would you, would you, do you think would be really good to throw in there? I mean, it seems like they've almost tried, like, everything. What if they did hand cycling? Hand cycling would be pretty cool. That would I be... Think yeah.
1: They had hand cycling at um, the Two of America's Dairyland. Oh.
0: We're we going we to pause this really Our quick. Chinese is here, got so some Chinese food. We'll be right back after this break. All right, and we're back. We're back. We had a little uh, Chinese food break. Yep. Rick was not very... Lucky because he had two fortune cookies and one did not have a fortune, and he got the wrong order. Yeah, so, so
1: but the second cookie was the one without the fortune, and I didn't want a fortune because I just want to eat the cookie. So
0: you could think that maybe that I'm, might be pretty lucky. Maybe I'm lucky. Yeah, yeah, and they they got you just a whole thing of vegetables. Maybe they're like, oh, uh, this yeah. Rick guy. You He's know, bad
1: news. He needs to lose weight. Uh, I don't know. My Mongolian beef was pretty good. The beef that was actually in there. It was right. pretty good. But enough about our Chinese food. Back to the, uh, the topic at hand, CrossFit Games. And I think we should move on to something I wanted to bring up about the CrossFit Games. And that it's a really good spectator sport. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know how this thing got started. It seems like a really weird concept to me. But it's been around for... I don't know, if 10 years, maybe longer like than that.
0: that. I think it's been around for... I, I actually don't know when they started. Yeah. So I've only started to hear about it in the last few years. Relatively new, but it's... All I know about it is that, A, when you wa- when you
1: tune in on TV, when you watch it, the stadiums are packed. So it's a great spectator sport. There's a lot of interest in it, and it's a growing sport as well. It's f-
0: rapidly growing. Yeah. And you know, the thing is, too, it's it's not a cheap sport, like, you have to have a like a, a membership to those CrossFit gyms, and those aren't cheap.
1: No, you've got to have a membership. You probably have to have, like, if you're actually competing, you probably need some kind of personal training coach or something like that. You need all, of, like, the weightlifting shoes and the belts and the straps. I mean, yeah, cheaper than bike racing probably still. Like
0: I, I I'm I'm guessing just like a membership every month is probably gonna run you sixty to a hundred bucks. Probably close to a hundred bucks because yeah. they're kind of special gyms. You so know? they're spending just as much like in a year, they're spending as much as we would on a bike.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'd say that's probably a fair a fair assessment. And then if they're like competing, you know, you gotta travel and do everything. So yeah. it's probably yeah like barrier to entry wise, it's probably not a whole lot different than cycling. Yeah, but. I think that cycling could learn a lot from an event like CrossFit Games. Yeah. And what, what I mean by learn a lot is grow as like a spectator sport. Because I just think the format that cycling is currently in right now, which is... And and I, again, we talk mostly about crit racing because in terms of road racing, um, it really isn't a spectator sport. It's not a spectator it's not, sport. It's not. Crit racing is the closest thing to a spectator sport. And I think it can still do better. I think having something to make it more interesting. Like, we've talked about this in the past. You know, with with these really spectator-friendly sports, there's always action happening. Like, when you're watching something like the, the CrossFit games, they're moving from station to station. Like, you're watching a... I guess you could say a race unfold. Whereas with a lot of the, like, um, crits that you'd watch, there's a lot of time where there's just kind of nothing happening. You know what I mean? Or yeah. Or there's a break up the road. Um... And it's just kind of, you know, like measuring the gap between the break and the main field. Mm-hmm. I think that if you change the format and maybe made it something more like a points race where the crowds can get into it, you know, they can watch in every single lap, there's a mini race, there's something happening. I think that
0: would make it a way more spectator friendly sport. But yeah. just, just so I think <clears throat> a huge what's well, something that makes the CrossFit Games Really spectator friendly is that it's very fast pace and there's always different stages to each like individual event So even if it's just a, like a weightlifting one. So one of the events was the one rep squat to one rep uh, sh- uh, Shoulder press and then one rep rep deadlift they could it was it was it was timed you had four minutes at each station to get your one rep max and then they added up your weight over, f- between all three, and that's how they scored it. So yeah. the winning one was like 1,250 pounds or something across all three. So at e- and then so it's times, but they move from one station to the other, even though they could do just one station, you know, and have a, just one, and you had to move it, you know, to the ground for the deadlift and then, or up for the squat. Mm-hmm. But they always move it. It's always constantly moving, even if they don't need to which makes it 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 changes things yeah and that's I think that's what makes it so interesting it's constantly changing and doing something different
1: so do you think that bike racing can ever get to the point where people are paying to get into a stadium a venue a certain area to watch a race
0: I think something like a, a velodrome is really cool and I think if crit races did kind of what a velodrome did and essentially like instead of doing like an overall race do a points
1: race so essentially you'd be taking the exact same races that you do in a velodrome and you would
0: put them on a crit course uh similar but just take like one event Mm -hmm. or like if you're gonna do um kind of do like what they do in like a six-day race and every single night is a different race i think that's a cool idea and we're you
1: spread the races out throughout the day and throughout maybe if the week long series throughout the week so that you get people to stick around longer. Right. It's mm-hmm. kind of breaking it up. So you can, if you're a spectator, you can come look at the schedule and be like, Oh, like I kind of want to catch the, uh, the, yeah. the scratch race or I want to see the, uh, I don't know the, um, the Omnium or something like that. Well, or kind of day. do
0: what, um, Bull <laughs> has been doing and like allow for people to race twice in one day. To shorter races do something like that um I know I know Red Bull did something
1: called the last stand which was a elimination race yeah so which means that the last rider to cross the line every single lap or it might be every other lap is eliminated from the race yeah and that was pretty cool and they did it and it was a, a fixed gear crit mm-hmm. and that's how they, they ran the race yeah that'd be great <laughs> like if
0: they did that instead of like an overall person winning, do like an overall team winning because then like uh, if they did like an elimination race they kind of added up the points for the entire team and that becomes makes it a more of a team sport rather yeah. than individual
1: it's just yeah and even like that's i think that's how kind of weird bike racing is as a sport too because people still call it a team sport and they but i mean there's really in order for for a sport to be a team sport you have to have a team win. Yeah. You know, I <clears throat> I still don't think cycling is a team sport. I think it's a sport in which people essentially like act in their own self-interest by being on a team yeah. because it gives them the best chance to win. But yeah, it's just a really weird concept. Like it's,
0: Yeah, it's kind of like you're on a team so you can go to these races yeah, and, and essentially it's and you just blow your race to help another person, but a lot of times, like, especially for smaller, like, you know, call them continental teams where they're not world tour, where they're not really getting paid to do a job, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's still very, like, a lot of the guys are still very selfish. Well, and you, you see
1: it all the time, even at the world tour level, for example, like with BMC this year, um, so BMC was a, well, still is, but world tour team where, the team's folding next year, and mm-hmm. all these riders they need they need they kept a contract. One rider.
0: They kept uh, Greg Van Avermaet, and that's it
1: as their main rider, right? Yeah. 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 So and it's becoming a different team, but they all they all need a contract, right? So, you know, all of a sudden it doesn't really seem very appealing to to work for one person, right? And that can trickle down all the way to like what you mentioned, the continental level. You know, if these riders are trying to progress and become, um, you know, get to the next level. It
0: doesn't make a lot of sense to yeah, you to can't like progress if you're yeah, not getting results. But at the
1: same time, if you're not on a team, you don't get invited to a lot of these races mm-hmm. in which you need to be on, you know, a big team to do like a UCI race or something like that. So yeah, that's why it's just such a it's like a backward sport. It's kind of like a yeah. it's like it, you know, people always talk about like the business model of cycling being broken, but I kind of think like the whole concept of the sport is is kind of broken.
0: Yeah. Like if you look at like football, you know, it's 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 kind of Similar, but a team wins where, Mm -hmm. like, you know, if you're a quarterback, you know, ideally you just want to be the best quarterback that you can be. As long as you're a good quarterback, teams will look at you. You could be on, you know, the, the Browns, but if you're for some reason the best quarterback in the league, other teams will look at you. But, you know, at the same time, if you're just a player on the Patriots and you've won four Super Bowls that also other teams are going to look at you because you were on that team that won all those Super Bowls. Right. Where in cycling, it's just (laughs) what results did you get, not what results did your team get.
1: Right. And this is in regards to road cycling as well, too. So, like, you know, like cyclocross and mountain biking, obviously that's an individual sport. And I think they do... A much better job with being a spectator especially cyclocross i think that's probably the most spectator friendly sport yeah especially like in europe if you ever watch any of like the uh the uh the international well there's the world world cup races or the uh just you know like belgian races um <clears throat> they have huge crowds like it's they everybody pays to get in there it's they've got massive beer gardens so they make money through that <clears throat> the riders actually paid to be there which is like they get start money some of the better riders do yeah. at least, so that's I think like a like a sensible business model, right? Nobody's can conf- nobody has to ask uh, like what's going on, you know. It's mm-hmm. just the first person that crosses the line crosses the line.
0: Yeah, and I think it, I mean yeah, and yeah, I mean bringing it back to uh, CrossFit, what we were talking about. <laughs> Excuse me. I think if they kind of incorporate something that is kind of a, something changes every few laps, so. People are people are watching this chess match play out, mm-hmm. rather than trying to kind of you know just seeing a few people off the front, where and then you know everyone else is just kind of chasing, and that's kind of the entire race. And yeah, then you have to wait an hour and a half <clears> to see does this work, rather than you know you see these taxes tactics play out, and every fifteen minutes you see is this working.
1: Yeah, and I think the focus the last few years. So, I mean, there's obviously people trying to grow the sport of road cycling in the U.S. or crit racing, even road racing, too. And I think the emphasis has been really on TV coverage in that they want to just get more eyeballs on the racing. Like, that's like that's going to be what grows the sport. You know, oh, people just need to watch it. USA Crits has a really cool live streaming service. I know I'm a USA Crits member because I like to watch the races. But I don't think that's going to necessarily grow the sport because it's not that people can't watch the races or they don't know where to watch the races. It's because they're just not interested in watching the races to begin with. You know, yeah. they don't. It's like it's like you know, if they're not entertained by the races, it doesn't matter if you broadcast all the mm-hmm. races. People aren't entertained by them. They don't want to watch them.
0: Yeah, and I mean um, the Hammer series does it really well. I, I will watch yeah, that.
1: I th- I think, and that's they, that's and, exactly what
0: bike racing that's what needs to become that's
1: what we're talking about that's exactly the kind of racing i watched so i think last year was the first year that they did the hammer series yeah. and it's like the first time in a long time i can remember sitting down and watching every moment of bike race with almost my undivided attention yeah. i yeah. mean especially on the um there was a stage where it was the flat stage and it was essentially kind of what we're talking about like a points race every single it was a circuit right so it wasn't like a crit Every single like couple kilometers, they would come back around, and it was sometimes it was a bunch sprint. Sometimes a couple riders would take a flyer and try to get off the front, and it would be a little like a um, uh, breakaway sprint. Um, I mean, it was just it was entertaining, right? It was like the best part of the race every single lap.
0: Yeah, and for those who don't know what the <coughs> Hainan series is, it's it's a three-day stage race, and essentially the first day is uh, a sprint race. So they do like twenty laps of a course, and every single lap they have to sprint, and they get points for whatever place they get in for that lap of the sprint, and then they get overall team points. So it's it's a, it's actually a team event rather than an individual event. The second day is a hill climb, and it works the same days as, as the same way as a sprint. And then the third day is a team time trial, and. It's a, I, I don't really know how it works, but the points give you a certain time for the time trial. And so the first team might start <laughs> 10 seconds in front of the other teams. Yeah, it's like a That's the a, only thing I don't like is I think they should continue with the the points for the the yeah. team time trial and just kind of do like you know, a 10-mile team time trial or 20-mile team time trial and whatever place you get you get certain points Mm. and then whichever team has the most points at the end wins
1: yeah and there was i think the first year that they ran it last year uh, they didn't really have any guidelines for like the team time trial yeah and it was a pursuit style so everybody was on the course like pretty close together it ended up being a bunch sprint Sprint on tt TT bikes, bikes with which tt bikes are they so if anybody has never seen one before they've they're designed to go really fast with one rider on them in a very aerodynamic position, which means that the brakes aren't easily accessible. Um, they're usually kind of like a really aggressive position, so they're just not very safe to ride around people. You're, you're <clears> supposed <throat> to
0: go really fast in a straight line. In a straight line, and that's it.
1: Yeah, they don't corner super well. Um, they aren't meant to be in a pack. They've got deep wheels, so they they can get kind of blown around yeah. a little bit. I mean, it was it was kind of cool to watch, kind of mm-hmm. scary to watch. Um, But I think the format overall was interesting.
0: Yeah. And then it's also uh, good to mention, I believe the Pro Crit uh, calendar has incorporated a points race. I
1: believe so. I think the last race of the year, I believe the last race of the year, which is in Atlantic City, which I think is in New Jersey.
0: What is it? PRT?
1: uh, It's the National Criterium Calendar. Or you can just look up USA Crits. Uh, so I believe that last finale is a points race for the for the pro men's and pro women's race. So I think they're kind of testing the waters mm-hmm. to see uh, how interesting of a format that is. All right, so hmm. we have Ryan looking it up right now, and I don't know. Right, let's go to events. So we're not we're not sure if that's if that's you know written in stone yet, but that's kind of been the the thing that's been floated around yeah. a couple different channels. I, I've heard I heard it in a yeah. podcast last week. So, like, what do you, if okay? So, if that was the case, so it says Gateway Cup is the last one. No, there's there's one more after that. It's the September second Gateway Cup. The it's like the Rejuvenation Festival or something like that in Atlantic City. But so yeah. if if it was a pro, a points race, Ryan, like how do you think that would unfold? I Did, think. How I do you think like uh, how how do you think the race would be race essentially? I you think because you you do have
0: teams, right? You do have yeah. like. Guys were in the same kits. Uh, So, I think what's going to happen is teams are going to work together where they want... There will be, like, one or two people in a breakaway at all... In a breakaway that will go for, like, the individual points.
1: So, you think, essentially, that every... they're going to almost switch off. Every lap, like, a different... so let's say there's like four dominant teams there. Yeah, you think that every lap a new breakaway with the it's dominant gonna riders is going to form? Yeah,
0: and that's that's seems to be how the uh, uh, what were we just talking about? Hammer series. The hammer series kind of works. Yeah, is it they
1: kind of bring bro- it back. It boils um, yeah, it boils down to every lap. A, a new most breakaway te- goes yeah and most teams have a rider in that breakaway
0: yeah and i mean i think because that's super interesting because if, if a team misses a breakaway they're gonna have to chase it and there's no real like um what's the word
1: i'm looking for uh rush or or a uh, priority to like r- hunt down the breakaway and chase it down because once the the breakaway crosses the line is it essentially resets right yeah everybody comes back together and it's kind of like okay let's go around and do it again so I think that's I, – I would agree. I think that's kind of how a points race is going to be raised. And again, that's super interesting. You have essentially either a big bunch sprint every lap or you have a small little breakaway sprint every lap.
0: All right. So what was it called?
1: Uh, it's like the uh, Reju- Rejuvenation Festival, Atlantic City. That's where it is.
0: Rejuven. Yeah.
1: We can look it up a, diff- a different time. Okay. We'll, we'll probably We'll probably be able to talk more about it when the event actually gets a little closer. Cause
0: I haven't heard of it. Okay, wait. Yeah, and uh, right. it says IU Health Indie Criterion Bicycle Fest. No, that's yeah. not it. We'll All we'll right. keep you updated.
1: Yeah. We'll look into it more for the next podcast because we're going to yeah. be doing some more kind of criterium focused podcasts before the end of the mm-hmm. year.
0: Um, but yeah, besides that, anything else about uh, CrossFit or how crit racing can kind of improve? Mm. Since I, I mean, we're talking about crit racing specifically. Yeah. Oh, one thing I want to mention, too, we kind of talked about, was having people pay for the events. Yeah. I think I think you could put security at, you know, the different blocks or kind of choose locations that you could have security and then just have an entrance fee of, like, $5. You think people would pay for it? Yeah. i Like, if you race, maybe you get in free, you know? Yeah, I would agree with that. I think,
1: I think maybe you wouldn't have as many people down there. But I think there's also something
0: to like putting a gate up and it gets people kinda it? interested too. It's like Or like it, you have it to, to pay to get into like a beer garden beer garden or like uh like a eating area. Yeah, when I was at the Intelligentsia Cup, I thought that was something that they did really well. Is
1: that there were I think who there was multiple days where they had a beer garden set up just right on the side. It was the best place to watch <laughs> the race. It was like ten dollars to get in. A lot of times it was free, like all you can drink after ten dollars too. So, that was a super good deal. I think more races should do that. Yeah. I'm also a big fan of gambling on races. I think you should be able to gamble. Like, put bets... That's a new... You can now. On, oh, on that's online am- gam- well, gambling. On amateur races, right? So, like, you should be able to go up. There's a guy with, like, a bunch of odds. And it, I think it would get really interesting for the amateur races, too. Mm-hmm. Because the odds are... It's just so random, that right? You could bet on, like, teams. Yeah. You could bet on teams. You could do prop uh, prop bets for the pro race. Thing. Kind of like a horse race. Yeah, ex- exactly. I think that in that's like, okay. So I think that is the one of the best ways that you could potentially grow the sport, but it, you know like horse racing is big. That's why. That's why horse racing is big. Um it's just kind of unsavory for a lot of like like can you imagine USA cycling like trying to get permits for gambling? You know what I mean? It's I'd just I love it. I I would love it too. I just think that like the optics of it you know oh, how much press would
0: get? They would get too. Oh, absolutely! Do like you know doing how many something people, like so out there. Do you
1: know how many people would get interested in the sport oh, yeah. that have oh, yeah. never even thought about riding a bike before, but they can gamble on it? And I don't think that takes anything away from the sport either. I mean, every single. I mean, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure, almost every single like uh, college sport professional sport like ball sports like basketball football there's gambling yeah but that's
0: through um like las vegas or online gambling
1: oh see okay which is
0: different they don't have the gambling actually at the
1: places i see
0: and i'm not really sure how horse racing works but they have they might be like well but but uh, the difference
1: is you can set up the gambling on on site yeah but i still think you should be able to do that for for a bike race you know you go down Um, to the downers avenue crit Put twenty bucks on uh, Daniel uh, Holloway, and uh, maybe you win a uh, maybe you win some money that they day. They
0: would they would probably double in the amount of people.
1: Adam Adam and I, our friend Adam, uh, friend of the podcast, former guest. We we were watching the uh, the women's pro race at, at the West uh, West D which had like a big hill in it. And we did prop bets that every and okay, this is something that Adam did with you before. This is yeah, where he, yeah. he got the idea. Every lap that they came around. Uh, if it was odds or evens that crossed the line one of us would get a dollar and i've never watched a bike race so closely in my life
0: right and so what if like what if they did that for like a points race and they said like um on the first point uh lap is it going to be an even number or an odd number that yeah. crosses the line first and you can you can put your bets in for yeah. 20 seconds after the the field crosses the line mm-hmm. right people would go nuts
1: for that i think that'd be an awesome way to like just get people excited about mm-hmm. bike races in, okay, I think gambling just has a bad a bad rap rap to it but I think it can be a good way to promote so sports. it's
0: so gambling beer gardens
1: so you should tell okay while we're on the topic of gambling yeah pretty much uh, gambling beer gardens the only thing that we're not bringing up was like a dispensary on the course <laughs> much. but uh what happened when you and Adam played that game where, um, where the what you know like if a rider crossed the line their number, Uh, odds are even you get a
0: dollar it ends up kind of being kind of like playing roulette and one of you guys has black and one of you guys has red like you'll get up really high yeah. then all of a sudden you'll lose like ten in a row when we
1: ended I was only up two dollars which is kind of crazy yeah it's like almost (laughs) 50-50 so Adam was telling me about how you and him played this and there was a girl off the front for like Half the race. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you guys didn't factor yeah. that into the rules, did you? No. What was like, were you the one that got? Uh... Yeah, because
0: I remember being up for a long time, like really up, like ten or twelve dollars. Yeah. Then I think I, I we went down to, and I think I finished like two dollars down. Yeah. So,
1: it is like roulette. Yeah. You it uh, was a lot like roulette. You really can't beat the odds. No, no. Although I,
0: I, I won like a I, I, I got up like a hundred fifty
1: dollars in roulette over the weekend.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's insane. I know. It's uh, roulette's it a game to play. It's it's a game to play. It's 50-50 odds.
1: Yeah, usually. You did you have like a roulette strategy too? Yeah, How I got a roulette used? strategy. What was that? I um, kept trying to think about it when I was. When so I was it's
0: essentially you you place bets on certain areas, to where um, there's only like, I think uh, six eight numbers on the board that could cause you to lose, including the two greens. So six of the individual numbers plus the two greens, all the and if you land on any of the other numbers, you either break even, or you like triple. Oh, okay. So that's how that's how it. So how many pieces do you have to put down at what uh, there's three spots. Three spots. Okay. So typically, so typically it's like. Um, oh, that's like um, some games will be like you have to have a minimum of like. So when we were at Ho Chunk Casino uh, in Wisconsin Dells, there was an. A, uh, automatic roulette machine. Yeah, where it that's was, the
1: one I like to play. Yeah, because yeah. it's really
0: fast and it's right. all like electronic. And then the dealer doesn't yell at you. Yeah, exactly. And then like if you play with a dealer, it takes like five or ten minutes between each one. Mm-hmm. And this one was. Like, and then every they're three yelling minutes. at the person that's like trying to put money down like halfway through the, ru- the yeah. spin. This one was really easy because it had the roulette machine in the middle, and it was kind of like a ping uh, pinball machine yeah, where it that's the shot one. It. That's the one I yeah. played too. And then you place your bet on a on a screen. Uh huh. And I think you only had to have three dollars on the table, so you, I we would do like three dollar bets okay. where we would put uh, one dollar on each of the three spots, and then I mean I think we started with like forty dollars and we ended up with like forty five or fifty. Hey, that's yeah. But I mean that, that yeah, that was a good time for like yeah, an hour. It's fun. Now imagine if you can do that at the side of a bike race. Yeah. See, that would be
1: bad for me, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I would have so much fun doing it.
1: Oh, I would I would travel the country. If, ga- <laughs> if gambling was part of bike racing, I'd have to stop bike racing
0: for sure. Yeah, for sure. Like, it would become I, an issue. It would become like a huge issue. But you You'd know, start what? to
1: Nazi bike races at, at bike races anymore. It would just be like unsavory individuals,
0: like <laughs> <laughs> It'd be kind of like horse racing where you see like these people in elegant outfits and then you just see that one guy who's just like threw his last $10 down. Right.
1: Probably doesn't have money to get home unless he wins on on whatever
0: horse that he bet on. Yeah. Yeah. You know,
1: Adam. Adam. (laughs) Just kidding, Adam. We love you. He doesn't listen to this. Oh, God. Never mind.
0: We hate you. Yeah, Adam. Yeah. All right. I hope Adam does listen to that. I'm going to make him. Yeah. All right. So you sit them down and make them listen to that podcast. What do we have upcoming? Well, we've been kind of talking about a few things. Yeah,
1: I guess something that we're recently up—that's recently upcoming for us—is we were well today we were on our cross bikes ripping around some local trails, getting ready for a little bit ready for cyclocross season. It's kind of a recovery ride, just like something fun to do. But we have Gateway at the end of September, and then after that in Wisconsin, it is cyclocross season.
0: Yeah. And one thing we want to start doing is focusing on our Instagram account.
1: That's right. We're going to start to put some more video stuff up there, just another channel for people to reach out and, uh, you know, hopefully consume some content that we're putting out there.
0: Yeah. So, you know, if, uh, you haven't already, do we have an Instagram, right? No, not yet. We don't have an Instagram yet. But,
1: you know, we'll probably have it in a day. Well, yeah, we'll have one by the the time this is out. We'll have one in the next day or two, uh, gonna probably call it bike racing weekly
0: yeah go give it a follow and we're gonna start putting out content down there yeah all right cool so uh we get we're at 45 minutes uh on the dot i think we're gonna wrap it up then all right uh thanks for listening yeah follow us on instagram
1: follow us on instagram you can follow us on facebook as well bike racing weekly um, you know, like the like the uh, the podcast. Subscribe to it on iTunes. Stay leave sure. us a comment. Leave us a review. We'd love to hear back some feedback mm-hmm. on what people like about the podcast. Uh, if you have any topics that you want us to talk about too, uh, you know, don't don't hesitate to drop us a a DM and Instagram or a message on Facebook. All right, so that that'll be it. That's it. Until next time, everybody. See ya.